Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Roll to the rescue! I'm David. Or rather, should I say, I'm Flob. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I I guess having an, an F followed by a J, so I'd be like Fien, and like- then I'm Swedish or Icelandic. Yeah, I think I ordered one of those from Ikea once. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, so yes, today we are looking at the fourth episode of Rescue Bots, Flobsters on Parade. Uh, this first, which well, that's a title. That is a title indeed. <laughs> yes. Uh, this first aired March third, twenty twelve. Uh, written by Brian Holfield, who is one of the co-creators of the show. Ha! Huh. And he has done a ton of uh, like TV for sort of younger kids. He did a lot of Winnie the Pooh. Okay, so this goes back to what I was saying before about there being Which Winnie the Pooh? some people who just, like, specialize in doing early childhood development-based shows. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I'm guessing not the Winnie the Pooh from when I was a kid. No, this is, uh, looks like this started around uh, the early 2000s. He wrote, Pib- he wrote Piglet's Big Movie and a Pooh's Heffalump Movie. Oh! <laughs> okay. Okay, I have... I mean, I haven't seen those, but I've heard of them. And he's also. Did the Heffalump one get like a theatrical release? The two of those got theatrical releases. I heard they actually had very nice animation. Nice. And I I think they're like hand drawn animation. Yeah. Like not CG. No. Because CG is cold and unfeeling. I mean, I. I, It it can be done well, but I, I don't know if it really suits Winnie the Pooh. It's a very analog kind of show. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, but he's also written for uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, and Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. Oh. <laughs> Which, about that like, two people watched. It's on Netflix, I think? Yeah. Is that Hasbro now? Do they own Stretch Armstrong? Yes. I was going to say Netflix so. is not Hasbro, but. <laughs> the license yes, of Stretch uh, I'm Armstrong. I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. Produced by Hasbro Studios. Yes. Uh, Hasbro's just going to devour everything, and Mattel is just going to not even keep up. Because they they didn't used to own Stretch Armstrong. Right. Stretch Armstrong was one of those, like, was it Whammo? Or it was like... Apparently it was originally by Kenner, but then I remember in the 90s, it was by uh, Cap Toys. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, was Cap Toys. It's like Super Soaker, how they just bought them even yes. though they were like originally some little independent toy company mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and which i think mattel tried to do with mga at some point and failed <laughs> yes you I remember, cannot have the brats i remember specifically he had a dog named fetch armstrong and a villainous brother named wretch armstrong uh, oh. oh have i seen that oh that so- this pun hurts me. This pains me deeply. I cannot. And there are going to be more puns in this episode. Oh, there are indeed. Yes. Anyway, I assume that this is, you know, they, there was a, an attempt to tie this into the larger Hasbro verse. Mm, at some probably. point. Yeah, probably. And it failed. Anyway, uh, fun fact about Brian Holfield he's also in this episode. Oh. Okay. 
Uh, we, we'll get to him in a bit. But, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so it is time for uh, the, uh, the the big festival on the Griffin Rock uh, calendar, the Lobster and Technology Festival. I also love that there's a logo that has like a, a lobster inside a, a, an atom. Yes. Yes, atomic lobster logo. It's a good logo. It, it, although, it, like, there are local festivals around here, but they're, they're like apples and pumpkins and things. But this is Maine, so you get lobsters and stuff. But, like, usually they don't combine the title with anything else around here. Usually it's like an apple fest that just has, like, there's there's a farmer's market and a flea market and whatever. It, but combining it with technology, I mean, it makes sense for this wacky little island, but it is odd. <laughs> I love it. I, I assume, it, you know, maybe this goes back to, you know, ain't, you know pilgrim times and, uh, you know, they were showing off their newest uh, butter churns and yeah. such, along with the lobster. <laughs> the the cotton gin famously made its debut at the Lobster and Technology Festival. Like, like the title, like you think it'd be like lobsters and log cabins or something, or or at least if it's more contemporary, lobsters in lab coats. That way, you could have a little mascot of a lobster in a lab coat. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe they'll they'll have that like later. But yes. Well, there there is apparently some debate amongst the citizenry as to whether the lobster or the technology is uh, is preferable or is the more important yes. component of the festival. And this is this is also a debate between our our two child protagonists here. Yes. Uh Cody is team lobster, Frankie is team technology. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm solidly team lobster cuz I love shellfish, but also it's like it's for the festival. Like the town is technology obsessed year round. Yeah, we're the always doing technology stuff, but we're not always eating lobster. I mean, yeah. they're probably always low key eating lobster. Oh, uh, this is Maine, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're they're hanging out by the uh, the big like above ground swimming pool tank of lobsters, mm-hmm. which they're you know. Going to eat, presumably they yes. they will. All these lobsters are slated for death. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, There's the implication of this episode is the impending death of every lobster on screen. I mean, they and I'm fine with that. Like, they never, it's, it's, no, they don't eat them on camera. They never call that out. There, there's at least one character that calls that out. Well, yes, but in in the sense of there's at least one character who is actively pursuing lobsters to consume. That that uh, that is in fact Brian Holfield. Oh, Th- that was that, that that character model is modeled after him. Oh, okay, oh, okay. I was gonna say because like she's clearly, clearly Steve, Steve Bloom. Bloom. <laughs> well, yes, he's just Steve Bloom. Although he uh, he later voices another character on the show who is not designed after him, so it's weird. He's. Oh. It's kind and of like it's, oh. 
it's just as an aside, it's Steve Bloom doing an extremely Starscream voice, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it's kind of an off-brand Starscream, but yeah. Having uh, just as as I may have mentioned, wrapped up a watch through of Star Wars Rebels, uh, which has just massive amounts of Steve Bloom doing his Spike Spiegel slash Roger Smith voice. Uh, it's exciting to see him doing just a random incidental character, not with that voice, with one of his other voices. So anyway, but that guy has not shown up yet. First, we have mortal peril before the credits even roll. Yes, because Doc Green is filling a giant uh, lobster balloon with helium, but becomes entangled in it and is, is hauled off to his doom in the air. Yes, they have like Macy's parade scale lobster balloons here. He, he, of course, a terrible accident befalls him as frequently occurs. <laughs> so they, 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 they deploy the rescue bots. He ends up clinging for dear life to the, uh, to City Hall, which looks exactly like the City Hall from Back to the Future. Was it City <laughs> yes. Hall? I thought he, he ended up like on a roof of a house. He passes by City Hall, though. He, uh, yes, he passes by City Hall. Yes, the City Hall that looks just like the one for Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. And Gremlins and a dozen other things. Yes, it's the same same back lot. Yes. Also, this is the the cold open here, and I have to say, now now that we are to the opening, that the opening is really growing on me. It um, It is not. I mean, I have to edit the episode so I hear a bit of it every week. But um, ah. th this is the first time I think I may have indulged in the Netflix skip intro button. Oh. No. no. A2, David. Oh. Yes, sorry. <laughs> well, at least it, like, it wasn't automatically doing it. But but I, I, I took yeah. the opportunity to use that skip button. Because I'm going to hear it again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not like the the sin that is doing it on, say, like the the Daredevil series. Oh, that's a good intro. Which was just like you, no, you do not skip that intro. Well, that just looks pretty. Yes, but I personally find that the intro is growing on me, so I guess we are at odds here. <laughs> yes. We'll just have to agree to disagree, like we do about many things, <laughs> such as anime. <laughs> All anime. Uh, anyway, he is rescued largely thanks to Heatwave and Cade. And, of course, Cade gives Heatwave none of the credit afterwards. And and Heatwave is, you know, being cranky about he, that. He is mad, red, and nude about it. Yes. <laughs> he, he does like a harumph that Cade ends up having to, to cover and... As anyone who has uh, worked in, especially in retail, and and done something that they really probably shouldn't have, and now you get that, uh, now the manager is going to talk to me, and it's going to be stupid, and I'm going to hate it. Now Heatwave is going to get that. <laughs> so, of course, this is a problem, and thus Cody must give everybody else remedial robot lessons. <laughs> yes. But especially Heatwave, who is not yes. here. But everybody else who is doing it is playing along reasonably well, even though Boulder is distracted by a pretty bird. <laughs> I mean, 
I can't blame him. He's, he's, he's easily excited. He's happy. He just likes pretty things that are not on Cybertron. He just likes looking at stuff. He likes all this nature. And uh, they also learn uh, learn si- how to play Simon Says. <laughs> which yes. uh, And Chase is the... Uh, Chase wins it. And is quick to point out that Simon did not authorize that last movement. <laughs> Chase is so good. He's he's very uh, more than meets the eye, Ultra Magnus. Yes, very good. So Heatwave finally uh, drops in, fashionably late, and uh, Cody tries to remind him of that poster in uh, in the chief's office, which Blades immediately thinks to the the hang in there, baby kitten poster. <laughs> he says, "Oh, the one with the kitten hanging yes. from the branch." And I, I was actually hoping that that the lesson was going to be that poster as a heat wave. You need to just deal with it. But, but no, it was actually a different poster. Uh, and hopefully, it is not the version that I had in university, which was that poster, but with uh, "Oh shoot" uh, as the caption. <laughs> This is, after all, a Rescue Bots family-friendly po- uh, podcast. Yes, and I'm sure the Chief has a a very friendly <laughs> poster. I, I appreciate that he's got the Hang In There cat yes. poster on his wall, and also one that says, there is no I in yes. team. Although, as, as he we've later points out, there is, in fact, a me in team. No, Kate uh, no, pointed that out. <laughs> the other jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I... I think it's entirely in character that Cade would be absolutely the guy who points out that there is a me in team. Probably because he's had to live with the chief for, you know, <laughs> some significant portion of his uh, life. In fact, his entire life. Presumably. Yes, presumably. Where we still don't know what's going I mean, on. Again. We don't know what's going on with that mom. Yes. Or lack thereof. This still might be a bionic six yes. situation. There still may be some adoption going on. I I have trouble believing that Chief Burns would actually agree to name a child Cade <laughs> with a K. It yeah. turned out it it turns out that it fit. However, he is absolutely a Cade. Yes, yes, he is. So anyway, Heatwave doesn't want a bunch of sticky fingered kids uh, crawling all over him. Uh Yep, they're like, well, if if you're not going to behave, Heatwave, you can just not go to the parade. And he's like, oh, gosh, darn. So he's just, <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, fakes Heatwave, an injury. Heatwave became my spirit robot. It, it's, oh, not dealing with children. <laughs> so nice. Oh, if I'm not feeling good, I don't have to go. Oh, no, my engine won't cough. start. Cough, cough. Yes, so, yes, he fakes his engine not starting. Yes. So he can stay home from the parade. And Kate is like, fine, I didn't want to go to the parade either. Well, no, he does go to the parade, but just without Heatwave. So they uh, so they go without him, and uh, they find that Doc Green, uh, you know, clearly disturbed by the problem of helium just floating up indefinitely, has, in- has invented a new substance overnight called Floatium. With, like, <laughs> what? That's... Ah... Uh... The entire, I I feel like this entire episode is like, 
one one big lesson in the scientific process and why you need to actually <laughs> test things and and like, don't just immediately release things like the night after you create them into the wild and all he did he all he did was <laughs> dilute helium what the hell well i don't think it's <laughs> it it's diluted helium it's well it's it's magic stuff that things float but they don't Keep fl- they disobey the laws of thermodynamics? Pretty much, yes. Well, no, it's it's basically just they maintain a an equilibrium, so mm. they they just sort of stay neutral. Yes, except when exposed to bio to uh, biological organisms, which we will soon get to. <laughs> He didn't test that on biological organisms for some reason, even though there are lots of biological organisms all over the place. I know, it's crazy. I mean, (laughs) why else did he have a daughter? This is why we have federal regulations. Uh, They don't apply on Griffin Rock, baby. Apparently. Uh, They may not apply on the island. Mm. Griffin Rock, America's testing chamber. I mean, I do kind of wonder if, you know, this is why Chief Burns <laughs> probably knows Agent Fowler. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So anyway, it's, uh, it's time for the parade. This is where we meet uh, Griffin Rock's mayor for the first time. Uh, this is Mayor Lusky, uh, played yes. by uh, played by Jeff Bennett, doing kind of a southern accent. Yeah. Shockingly, nobody on the show really has, like, a strong Maine accent. Yeah, that is kind of surprising. You'd think there'd be more of that. I think I hear, like, one of the background characters at one point, like, has a Maine accent, but it's, like, only in, like, one scene. I mean, somebody, one recurring character should just be uh, Fred Gwynn from Pet Cemetery. (laughs) Yeah. Now you, you shouldn't be uh shouldn't be uh burying your, your robots out in the robot cemetery there. <laughs> they uh they come back reprogrammed. Sometimes off is better. I guess this is exactly how things should be. And then a robot child cuts his Achilles tendon. Oh. Also it, it kinda makes me want to go play the far harbor part of Fallout Four, which is extremely main. <laughs> Except, you know, Fallout. It's, I mean, I, I guess it's hard to do even alluding to horror on a show for kids like this, but I'm, I don't think that there is an episode where they meet like a fake Stephen King and it's shocking to me. <laughs> really? Sh- I mean, you said it in Maine with the lobsters. Like, like, you, you yeah. gotta, oh, hey, it's a, it's at least make allusions to some New England horror. Yeah. Oh, it's a famous novelist, uh, David Prince. Yeah, yeah. Wrote uh, wrote that uh, book about a rabid cat. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so the uh, the mayor and his terrible hairpiece uh, are out there. Everybody else is marching in the parade, and uh, local media gadfly, uh, Huxley Prescott, about whom more in the next episode, is uh, reporting on it, and. Uh, <laughs> Making sure that everybody knows that uh, the parade's going great, and we don't even miss that fourth rescue bot. He kind of sucks, doesn't he? <laughs> well, it's, it's not quite. 
quite that bad, but he is like, aren't there supposed to be three, four of them? Oh well, the crowd doesn't seem to miss him. And then we go to heat wave back at the base, taking deep offense to this. Ar- Ar- he's he's all Arthur Fist dot gif. Yeah. <laughs> no 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 bulkhead fist dot gif. Yep. Stay on brand. Uh, yeah, he's he's just watching TV and getting mad. And uh, meanwhile. Uh, back at the fair, uh, Brian Holfield, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. Bunty, who is, yeah, Steve Bloom mm-hmm. kind of doing a Starscream voice. It's pretty great. It's not quite, it's like a, a like 80% Starscream voice. It's, it's definitely, I was like, I had my eyes off the screen scribbling some notes, and it was like, that's Starscream. Yeah, it's, it, it's mostly Starscream with a touch of uh, Otho from Beetlejuice. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, he is he is hungry, hungry for lobster. He's even got a lobster bib. Yeah, and he he accidentally knocks a canister of flotium into the tank. Oops. And and soon the lobsters become flobsters. <laughs> this is lobsters why we have regulatory agencies. And and of course, it is Cody who immediately dubs them flobsters. They're flying lobsters. It's obvious. Yeah, and then he goes and trademarks it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> he does later correct people. Like they have a name, Dad. I mean, that's not literally what he says, but kind of is. And we are definitely going to ignore that these lobsters probably should not be this red. And oh, oh yes, I, I forgot about that. That was, that was my complaint watching the preview last week. And also, like, um, uh, lobster, like, lobsters can possibly be reddish in nature, but that's extremely rare. They're mostly, like, green and blue. Yes. Well, maybe it's just all the weird science stuff going on at, uh, in uh, Griffin Rock. That water glows at night. Yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure that this place is just like a, a regulatory no-go zone. It's like they're, they're trying to see what happens if you just don't. <laughs> and, uh, presumably that is also why they can breathe out of the water for extended periods of time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're, um, in the air a lot. I mean, I'll, I'll forgive the, the breathing in the air more than I will, like, the coloration. It's because and also, of course, these, they're, like, they're reddish pink. It's, it's annoying. And of course, their claws can also snip through like power lines, which I don't think is true of actual <laughs> lobsters either. Do they actually snip through power lines? Do- there is a scene where it snips through power lines. Yes, I don't remember that. Yeah, I guess I missed that. But yeah, lobster—they pinch. They do not cut, cut. They are not entirely designed for serrating. They're they're more like molars than incisors. Yeah, so I, like somebody somebody better call uh, I don't know Jordan Peterson or something. <laughs> Isn't he, doesn't he have like uh, some sort of lobster He's got thing? Some weird obsession yeah. with lobsters. Which is stupid because people aren't even vaguely related to lobsters. What are you saying that when you're prepared to mate, you don't hose down your mate with uh, urine shot from your eyeballs? No, and if that was done to me, that would not be what happened next. Well, that what is why next I'm... would be a call to the police. That is why I'm not getting a lot of second dates. Yeah, that that could be doing it. Also, maybe I should talk to a doctor about the shooting pee out of my eyeballs. <laughs> it's not where it's supposed to come from. Yeah. 
And that also explains why people were able to immobilize me for hours by putting rubber bands on my hands. <laughs> were you bitten by a radioactive lobster? Or nipped by a radioactive lobster? That would explain a lot. <laughs> also, why I'm delicious when immersed in molten, in uh, in uh, clarified butter. I oh, no, would no, 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 say no, no. that anything is delicious when immersed in clarified butter. How about how about those uh, how about those Cheddar Bay biscuits? Oh, okay, you, may, you want the Cheddar Bay biscuits on the side, but really, you don't need the butter or not much of it. Also, like, it- if you need to drown it in butter and lemon, it's not a good shellfish. Also, is Griffin Rock <laughs> close to Cheddar Bay? <laughs> Let's say yes. Probably. I've never quite understood that. Are they Bay Biscuits that are cheddar flavored, or are they biscuits from Cheddar Bay? I don't know. I don't I go to Red never Lobster. never thought about that, but now I like the idea of the second one, a place called Cheddar Bay. <laughs> I want to go there I do now. kind of really want Long John Silvers now, which is bad, <laughs> because they're not close. I haven't had seafood in a while. Mm. Anyway, the, the best... <laughs> the best Long John Silvers around here is in a building that should probably be condemned. And that's a good hour and a half away. Anyway, Doc Green is very impressed that his Flodium made these flobsters. He says it's a, it's, it's an even better invention than his, uh, his spray-on pants. <laughs> also, once the, the lobsters start floating away, I believe it's Chief Burns says, at least it's not livestock again. <laughs> I mean, oh, I miss that. Doc Green is a man who has made uh, animals levitate before. <laughs> yes, this is, this is not entirely new for him. Just the specifics, just the details. But yes, also the spray on pants. I, I don't want to think episode. about that one too much. <laughs> no. However, it is an inherently funny phrase. It is. Yeah. It, it feels is. like a Dave Barry joke. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing we like making fun of in the uh, in in the '90s, it was spray on whatever, be it cheese or hair. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, the word pants is inherently funny, much like David Letterman's production company, Worldwide Pants Incorporated. <laughs> yes. Or that episode of uh, Frisky Dingo in which somebody is crushed by a giant pair of pants atop Hagar Stadium. <laughs> or or back in the old days, the early days of World of Warcraft when there was a a particular uh boss fight that was known for uh dropping the pants that people needed for their particular class set. So people would very, get very excited about Baron Rivendare dropping their pants. <laughs> I mean, he was kind of un- he was kind of attractive for an undead guy. Sure, I'm, I'm. Oh, we need to rewatch that dinosaur Neil episode at some point for the liar, <laughs> liar pants on fire scene. Uh. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's going to take two days for this uh, flodium to to wear off, and meanwhile, the town is being besieged by ill-tempered flobsters. Yeah, there's just lob claws and nautilators and sea clamps and gimlets and. <laughs> Waffles and short rounds all over the place. Oh no! Uh, are there are there any other lobster transformers? Um, did you mention? Um, oh, did you mention Bisque? Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot about the new ones. Yeah, there's Bisque, Bisque and, and oh, Thermidor. Yeah. Yes, yes. The I 
Oh, I think I only ever got a toy of one of them. I got the blue one, Thermidor, who is a Jim Cummings voiced pirate. Oh, yeah, Ooh. I don't think I got that one. I know he was also clamped down, so I guess he was yes. two crustaceans in that yes, series. Well, and as Cody says, it is a crustacean invasion. Or a crustacean infestation. Yes. yes. <laughs> and also because this is Griffin Rock at one point in the background, which nobody comments on, the flobsters are just fighting a robot dog. <laughs> yeah, well, of course there's a robot dog here, you know. I mean, there are later episodes that are totally entirely about robot dogs, but this this is just a robot dog. Oh, yes. oh no, we have to fight the Mecha Paw Patrol. <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, and, and the puns just start flying, and, and all I'm thinking about is levitating lunches. This, making me the hungry. puns start coming, and they don't stop coming. Now, the question is, if you eat a flobster, do you then gain the ability to fly, or... Yes. When you or do you just get flying poop? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm guessing it kind of works like mercury in your food or any other contaminant. It builds up in larger animals. I mean, again, ones. this needed to have been tested at some point. I realized that it was not intended for use on lobsters. So well, they animal consumption, but they they might not have thought of that. But like, then maybe you put a label on it that says not for biological consumption and then you don't knock it into the tub just saying just saying we have regulations for reasons so danny and blades uh they they go into action scooping up aerial flobsters in a giant lobster trap (laughs) yes they just stick it on blades but uh meanwhile they're causing chaos all over town they they at one point a flobster uh cuts a power line and uh, and unfortunately, uh, GI Joe's roadblock is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Body massage. Just body massage machine. Go. Body uh, massage. I need to rewatch those. Apparently, I've forgotten about that. Everyone well, now needs you know. To watch this. <laughs> yes, and, and knowing is half the metaphor um gi joe and for a bit this episode becomes the birds yes they're yes. straight up to uh frankie being caught in a telephone booth except it's like yes. a future telephone booth with an on it because nobody has telephone booths anymore no are, they... are we sure it's a regular telephone booth and not just something bill and ted left behind <laughs> <laughs> it's possible i, mean, it, I it am has excited a... for that sequel it has a uh, a phone with a video screen on it, uh, and also like a funky antenna on the top. But I do appreciate that they had to come up with some way to work a phone booth into this setting just so they could make a reference to the birds. <laughs> when was the last time any of you saw a phone booth? Like a glassed-in phone booth? I oh, cannot remember. Geez. Man, I mean, it's hard enough to remember the last time I saw a phone payphone anywhere. Yeah. The last time I remember was in college, it's like two fucking decades ago. Or they <laughs> they do still have payphones in Shenandoah National Park at like the little camp stores because oh if, campgrounds, you know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I probably seen one more recently than that, but yeah, they they just seeing it on a street. Yeah, I guess making it a video phone does excuse it. It's like, oh, look at this fancy Science Island still has... Oh my god, that's going to confuse children. <laughs> what, what What is this glass box? 
I I will <laughs> know. Do you have a cell phone in that glass box? Why that, is it kept there? The uh, the payphones in in the park have like explicit instructions on how to use them that assume that you don't actually know what this is. So. <laughs> And I, I, I watch this on Netflix with the subtitles on, and I like that a lot of the, uh, of this episode, about ha- about a third of this episode is just subtitled with lobster screeches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. I, I watched screeches. The Witch with subtitles on, and there was a lot of ominous music increases. <laughs> hmm. Well, don't you kind of have to watch subtitles with that movie? Cause like, the accents are ridiculously thick. Yes. Like the father. Square brackets, sinister goat noises. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, but, but the subtitles got a little silly. So, I, I think it might have actually been ominous music intensifies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it turns out she's being trapped in this phone booth because there's a starfish on her jacket and lobsters eat starfish. <gasps> oh, I guess that's true. There you go. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Although, I'm not sure lobster eyesight is good enough to distinguish a decal on the back of a shirt. I mean, it's a Jack- big decal. Yes, but lobsters have itty bitty tiny eyes. Well, these aren't lobsters, David. These are They're lobsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's very different. Anyway, and meanwhile, Cade has been enlisted to be nice and get Heatwave on the job here. Yes, it, it takes a couple tries because there are a couple times when when he is about to say something very unkind, and Cody has to be like, "Yeah, be nice." Oh, and th- there's also a great Huxley Prescott line here: "That our town is under attack. Hide your children, guard your property, and uh, boil some water." <laughs> yes. Oh, and I totally forgot to mention that. Included in the Parade of Technology is a hologram of Chester A. Arthur. Aha! I didn't notice that. And believe it or not, he becomes a recurring character. Just the hologram of him? Yes. That seems really random, and I I appreciate that. Please state the nature of the Chester A. Arthur emergency. (laughs) Please state the nature of your presidential emergency. Anyway, so... Finally, uh, Doc Green has come up with a an anti-floatium compound, which, again, no time to test this thing. This might just give everybody, you know, brain cancer. <laughs> but we got to stop these flobsters. He says it will harmlessly counter the, the floatium, and I'm like, how do you know this? It's not, I'm, I'm a scientist. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> okay, then. Try not to uh, remember all the times that my experiments went <laughs> horrifyingly wrong. Yes. Today. Such is the thing that we're in the middle of. And uh, don't even ask why Frankie doesn't have a mom. <laughs> you don't have to take my word for it. Take Let's a just... look. She's in a book. I'm uh, uh, Of obituaries. I'm, uh, I'm placing money on Frankie's a clone. Ooh. Oh, like it's like possibly? it's like the it's like oh. the Venture Brothers, and she's like the fifteenth Frankie. Yeah. Last one got too close to a, a giant uh, baking soda and vinegar volcano. <laughs> yeah. 
Or robot daughter. We haven't had one of those in a while. <laughs> Small wonder, you say? Oh, God, well, I, I was no. thinking, sorry, but sure. Yes. Oh, God, I rewatched Small Wonder because it was on one of those random broadcast channels, and it really does <laughs> not hold up. I mean, no. it, I mean, it wasn't good even then. It must be even worse now. Well, I thought it was fine because I was eight and liked robots. <laughs> anyway, so they, they have to, but there's only one canister of this stuff, so they really need to lure these lobsters in. And so they've decided to frighten them. With their giant, terrible king. Also, they, they're, they're like, basically they, they agree that lobsters are fearless. And then Cody is like, everyone's, everything is afraid of something. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan of, Crane Jr. Odd and deep and, and frightening for a children's program. But lobsters are afraid of bigger lobsters? That's I mean, okay. yes. I definitely read that in that Jordan Peterson book. Yeah, that that sounds A, correct, and B, like something Jordan Peterson would point out. That's why I'm terrified of those wacky, waving, inflatable tube guys. (laughs) (laughs) Although I guess it kind of makes sense since since a lobster giant kaiju-sized would would be a a nigh-immortal thousand-year-old lobster, because... They don't die. Yeah, I mean, right. this is basically your die. vengeful god coming at you. So, <laughs> I, I, I think I think John Reese Davies played this guy in uh, Aquaman. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I still haven't seen that. But not, yeah, not a great lo- movie, but it, it's enjoyable. And also, John Reese Davies plays a giant crab man. I still need to see that movie. Yeah, but John Reese Davies is. Um, not so great uh, anymore. Yeah, speaking speaking of Jordan Peterson. Oh, uh, that's sad. Gimli yes. say it ain't so. Oh yeah, no, he's uh, he's, he's worried about all these Muslims coming into uh, Britain, indie. Oh, yeah, no. he he was replaced with evil Arturo, and and things just were never the same. Womp womp. <sighs> it's your friend Salah. It's your friend Indy Salah. One of the good ones. <laughs> uh, I, I, th- I think Brian Blessed's still cool, though. Okay, yeah, Brian good. Blessed's still fine. He, he's he's what anyway. About, what about Orlando Bloom? Uh, isn't he married to Katy Perry or something now? So I'm sure he's doing fine. Yeah, that sounds fine. And he's on that show that where there's like a city of like oh, fantasy people. Oh, yeah, which is right. not. Which is said to not be that great, but okay. I know, I know, it's him and that uh, that Cara Delevingne from uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, yes, mm. I recall all of that now. They need to just give him some more Hobbit movies to be in. <laughs> Let him be. Uh, in do we, we don't. We don't need more Hobbit. Although, admittedly, never get Hobbit TV show or some shit. Is, I don't know. Is he? Is is uh, his character in the Silmarillion? I'm sure that's coming soon enough. I'm pretty sure. I mean, the Silmarillion is basically just like a history book. But just in the setting, so like everyone is in it at some point. Though oh, there I don't you go. Know if he is specifically because it's history, so it might. Pre- I need to read that. Boom! We'll make it into nine movies. <laughs> Let's I, uh, not. No, there are many other fantasy series we could do instead that deserve a budget and have more dragons that yes. actually have four legs, like proper dragons. <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, speaking of things with ten legs, 
Uh, this cockamamie lobster scheme works. The the flobsters are reduced to mere lobsters and then devoured. <gasps> yep, that one lands on a plate and he's going to be eaten by Starscream. Uh, so so this joins Double Dinobot in the Transformers episodes in which the threat is solved and then devoured. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the but the 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 lobsters were always going to be devoured in this episode. Yes. They, they merely put off their yes. uh, their inevitable devouring. However, I can tell you that far in the future of this show, we see that one flobster survived. Oh, goody! <gasps> and in fact, uh, this uh, this Steve Bloom guy has a pet flobster named Crustacea. <laughs> but okay, but, but it's supposed okay. to wear off after two days. For yeah, one. I was I was gonna say he said it should wear off after two days, but on the other hand. He didn't Supposed test to. any of this. Yes. Uh, there is a deleted scene in one, this later episode in which uh, he talks about how Doc Green gives him gives his pet a regular infusion of flodium. Oh, okay. okay. The lobster is also wearing a little sweater. Oh. oh. Okay, that's kind of cute. I enjoy all of this. And, uh, yeah, that is... Uh, and a. You know, everybody's sort of having a good time. Heatwave is having some extremely gross children crawl, crawl all over him. Uh, the the Burns family has been turned off their lobster, and Blades finally gets, oh, they're flobsters, because they're lobsters that fly. That's hilarious. Aw, he's such a good boy. He didn't get it. <laughs> and then there are horrible side effects from human consumption of the, of the flodium antidote. The end. <laughs> I'd I'd still be more worried about the floating poop. Yeah. Well, yeah, see, they were all treated with the stuff to negate the floatium. Okay. And that's what's going to give you brain cancer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that is Flobsters on Parade. Ah, uh, this was just silly enough that I enjoyed it. You know, I I remember at the time this being considered even like a really good episode. Like, even when it came out. And, and I agree, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the concept is utterly ridiculous, so it, it's fun. It, it, it makes it easier to, to overlook the, wait, how, what, why? Cause it's just flying lobsters. <laughs> there's there's a, not as much human peril here going there's on. No. A lot of good, just little bits to it, like this thing about the spray on pants and about how at least it's not livestock this time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like the idea of, of like a giant lobster, giant bug monster movie from the 1950s. Only it's just, no, it's just flying lobsters and, and a bird's parody and, and it's cute. Yes. yes. I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. This show, at its best, is very cute, and this sh- this episode is very cute. Yes, yeah. it it just needed more more blades, more of blades <laughs> being a precious cinnamon roll. That was the, that would be the only thing that could improve it. Hmm. All right, so that is it for this I episode. Did. Please, oh. no, no, I no, no, I, I have my little diatribe about watching Power Ranger Super Sentai again. <laughs> Doing this okay. every week. I thought oh, right, maybe because right. these are short episodes. To, uh, I thought maybe you were going to go on a diatribe about lobsters being red. <laughs> well, I, that could have been the entire episode. It, it annoys me. It, 
at least if they were going to make all, them red, they should have had some other colored lobsters like show diversity. Like, have these people never been to Red Lobster? Yeah, it's it's Red Lobster. The lobsters are red. Yeah. Not in the tank out front where you get to pick out, I'm going to devour you in half an hour. Uh, oh, anyway, anyway, as you were saying about the Power yes. Rangers. Juku Sentai Go Go 5, uh, this week's episode, Flower Petals of Abnormal Weather. Kind of a basic episode. The, the baby of the evil monster family makes the monster this week. And it, like, creates a giant burning ring of fire around the part of the city, which alternately increases the temperature, decreases the temperature, and, like, is threatening to destroy the flower of an old man who's getting out of a hospital that the one girl on the team was, like, she was, of course, a nurse, so she was tending to the old guy before he got out. And it's an issue about fatherhood and how their father, who was missing for ten years creating these giant super science robots to beat the alien monsters like he's not that bad after all although he abandoned us for 10 years and didn't say shit <laughs> so it, it's uh, weird mixed messages and a lot about oh the the, the girl of the, the family has to be the the peacemaker among them because the boys are a little cranky but the end of the episode involves the father learning how to make takoyaki octopus balls which doubly made me hungry. It's like lobster and <laughs> octopus balls. Mm. I need seafood now. You felt like that uh, that French chef from The Little Mermaid. Yeah. R.I.P. René Aubergenois. Didn't make it into the Oscars death montage. Aww. Every year, like, they seem to be cutting more and more out of that death montage. I'm just glad they got Peter Mayhew in More and more people are dying. Yeah. They got Peter who? Uh, Mayhew, Chewbacca. Oh, yeah, wow. So that, that, uh, I appreciated that. Good, good. Yeah. I had the Oscars on in the background while I was playing World of Warcraft, so I got to hear, like, the important stuff. Also, Janelle Monet's Monte, her whole thing was really good. That was, that was pretty great. Uh, not so great, the random Eminem performance that made no sense. Yeah. yeah. That I'm glad I, I did I'm not watch. Pretty sure I went to get a snack for that. I was like, was the eh. snack mom spaghetti? No, oh. no. <laughs> uh, the greatest thing he's ever contributed. That meme. Anyway, right, so so that does it for this week. We'll be back next week with the alien invasion of Griffin Rock, which is <gasps> surprising because we we already know they're like four aliens who live there all the time. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Uh, but of course, until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on uh, Twitter, we are on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Uh, yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up on patreon.com slash iaconunderground uh, to help with hosting expenses and other costs. Uh, this month, we are back to Kimono Friends. Yes. Yes, so it was. It's an exciting episode where we we get to meet Gray Wolf, who's a writer, and she's working on her first draft. It's very relatable. And I just get to make a bunch of uh, Twin Peaks references. I mean, that's entirely fair. <laughs> They're appropriate. Yes. <laughs> so uh, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. 
I'm Flobdave. Flop, flop. Ah, just David. David. My name doesn't. Flav. Flavid Flav. Oh no. Yeah, boy. I don't have a big claw. Get one. We'll be right back.